Get that truck out of here. I'm trying to watch Jeopardy, man. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. We are finishing up our Lovecraftian summer tonight, but before we say that, this is the first time that we are recording face-to-face in person. Yeah, isn't that crazy? This is like the 80-something... 83rd. ...episode that we've done, and uh, this is the first time we get to sit in front of each other, actually do this live, you know, or not live, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. two dudes hanging out doing a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard us talk about this before, though, that we've, uh, we live in different states. And we both have families and both have jobs. So with the with the frequency that we release, which we're going to talk about later today, <laughs> um, it's just much easier for us to do that online. But man, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to like. I'm staring at you. It's weird. It is weird. It is weird. Actually, I I'm glad you came over tonight for many reasons. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, one of us. We've been friends for like what 25 plus years. Long now. time. Long time. You know, we live about, you know, two and a half hours away from each other or so. Yeah, it's not too far. It's not too far, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, we both have families and obligations, so we don't get to do this, you know, that often. Uh, so anyway, I worked all weekend this weekend and, uh, it sucked. Uh, but uh, I've been looking forward to this. And during this weekend, one of my coworkers told me a joke. And uh, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to tell it to you right now, uh, which is not something we get to do much uh, face-to-face. Right, Are you ready? Ahead. Yeah. Okay. What has 36 teeth and holds back the Incredible Hulk? What? My zipper. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's, that's the gold. That's the that's gold. a joke. See you later, everyone. That's the gold we're bringing to this podcast tonight. <laughs> Hey, did you watch? Um, did you watch the Halloween Ends trailer that we talked about last time? I did. I did finally watch it. So, okay, you last time you brought it up, you said people were what, like pissed or they're, divided? No, I think they're just divided. I don't know if there's um there's some people that think that there's like two Michael Myers in the trailer. Like, there's something what? weird about the. Yeah, I know. I don't get it either. Okay. Um, I don't know how I, anybody could be divided by this trailer. There's not much to it. It's so, just Jamie Lee Curtis being a badass fighting Michael Myers. So that that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, are people like angry because we have this somewhat elderly woman, like kind of looking like she's beating the shit of Michael Myers <laughs> in some of these scenes. So I was thinking like maybe people are have an issue with that. But uh, I didn't. I thought it was pretty cool. Like she's, you know, if, spoilers for Halloween Kills. Well, that was the second one, right? The last it one. It doesn't matter. It's right. not that good of a movie. Well, it's, it kind of sucks, honestly. I mean, if, if you want to listen to that podcast episode, you can. We just, you know, spoiler alert for that one. We didn't like it. Uh, but uh, at the end of that one, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, daughter gets killed. So, yeah, she would be pretty pissed off and fucking rage-filled and going after Michael and um, stabbing him in the hand and punch him in the face. So Absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, hey, man, as long as they don't make it, so completely scatterbrained like the last movie, I'm fine with it. You know, kudos to them. They've managed to make the same movie like 12 times now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Is, is can we be done now? Like, can we be done with Halloween now? It'll never be done. It'll never <laughs> be done. It'll it'll always come back. Uh, I'm sure we'll have like another like five-year lull and they'll bring it back again. Uh, is uh, McBride writing this one too? 
Uh, yeah, he did write this one with uh, a few other people. So, yeah, so the same team. Same director? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job as far as, <clears throat> you know, the look and feel of the movie. And the first one, which, have you still not seen that one? I haven't, I, you know, I keep forgetting to watch it. This is, for those of you that have not listened to our Halloween Kills podcast, I somehow missed that this was like the second part of a trilogy. Like, I completely missed that they had rebooted the franchise. And I thought this was the reboot. So, like, when Luke and I went to go see Halloween Kills in the theater and it just started, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm very confused, but I guess you could start a movie that way. Yeah, yeah. So, Marcus went into the second part of this trilogy, which, uh, I don't know if it was planned as a trilogy, but uh, yeah, it starts right at the end of the first movie, which is a, a bonkers way to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I do plan on because um, we're gonna see we're gonna do Halloween ends for Halloween this year, right? Because it comes out on October fourteenth. Uh, but I do plan on watching the reboot, the first one, before then, and I'll probably watch uh, like the first fifteen minutes. Uh, 15, 20 minutes of Halloween Kills, and then maybe I'll fast forward and watch, uh, you know, any scenes involving the two, uh, the the two guys that live in the house together. The oh yeah, the uh, the married couple. Yeah, they were hilarious. Yeah, and that guys, stuff was great. So I think I'll watch. Uh, yeah, those guys were great. I think I'll watch that. Um, but yeah, no, I'll do that before Halloween ends. Okay. Yeah, the the first one's really good. I, I absolutely vouch for it. It's uh, it's a good time. It's uh, I mean, it's by far the best Halloween movie. Man, I don't know, probably since the original one, honestly. Like, if I'm, you know, with all the mm-hmm. sequels, that's not saying too much. The sequels aren't that good. I will say that I did not mind the first one that Rob Zombie did. Rob Zombie. I think it's better than the Rob Zombie one. Not, like, a whole lot better, yeah. but I think it's uh, just a wee bit better than that one. Um, and uh, you, did you see part two? The Rob I did. Zombie? That one was crap. It was, I didn't like that one at all. I don't know if it was crap, in my opinion, but man, it was the weirdest Halloween movie of all of them, I think. It, it was, was also very dark. It was hard to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Sherry Moon Zombie was like yeah. a ghost mom running around. Yeah. I don't know, man. That, was, that, was, that movie was bananas. It was uh, it was all over the place. But uh, yeah. I've only seen it the one time. Same. Uh, we, we're here, as I mentioned before, we're here at the end of our Lovecraftian summer. This is going to be our last one of the series, and we're going to take a little bit of break, and then we've got a couple of changes. We'll talk about those towards the end of the episode, though. Uh, but we finished our series tonight with a very little-known movie. I had never heard about it until Luke sent me a text about it last week uh, called The Resurrected. Yeah, I, I also have it. This is another movie that, uh, much like, you know, the the la- what was that, uh, The Cast of Deadly Spell, uh, that's another movie that I, I didn't know existed until we started doing the series together. And, um, you know, you type in Lovecraft movies in Google and, and you know, you get a bunch of uh, hits. And even then, it didn't pop up. Uh, I was, like, way at the bottom of a list that I didn't bother sc- bother to scroll down uh, to, to find. And then just kind of all of a sudden just popped up on uh, something else. So, uh, yeah, this is a 1991 horror movie directed by uh, Dan O'Bannon. It's only the, the second of his two movies that he's ever directed. Uh, the first one being the classic uh, Return of the Living Dead, which... Uh, you know, yeah, famous, oh, it's fantastic. F- fucking awesome. You know, this, this is the famous movie that gave the zombies the ability to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's where brains come from. That's that's that movie. Like, that's, uh, that's what he brought to the canon, the zombie canon. Uh, and then he only directed one more movie, and it was this one in 1991, 
uh, originally supposed to be a theatrical release, but ended up going straight to um, DVD and I guess VHS at that time. It was 1991, so VHS was still alive and well. Yeah, we looked it up. Um, we looked into him a little bit. It looks like he didn't direct movies for any particular reason. It's just he was more of a writer. Yeah, yeah. He wrote Alien, right? The original he did. He wrote Alien. Alien yeah. I mean, this guy's, you know, he's a, he's kind of a horror legend, this dude is. Uh, I don't know if he's still alive or not. He's not. He died in 2009. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, R.I.P. Dan O'Bannon, man. He, he brought a lot of, uh, or contributed a lot to the horror genre. Uh, so yeah, so he's directing uh, Richard Band brings the music. Uh, man, it's Richard. a common theme for us this series. Richard Band uh, popped up a lot during these Lovecraft movies. Almost every single we, movie we've watched after in the mouth of madness like almost right. every single one yeah yeah like a, a large chunk of them richard band does the music and um uh, I, I thought it was really good at this one man i, I know <clears throat> it sets a mood for this one um, right it didn't sound like typically richard band i thought like it didn't sound like a puppet master movie no not at all it didn't have his like um his like synth strings Right. I mean, it, the the whole score was synthesized, but it didn't have like the, like obviously fake mm-hmm. string section like he usually likes to use for other things. Right. I do. Don't get me wrong. I like Richard Bam, but a lot of his stuff sounds like he went to Walmart and bought a fucking Casio, <laughs> yeah. and then he this talented dude sat down with his Walmart Casio and fucking banged out a score, and that's cool, and that's really you know I can't do that, but uh, that's that's just how it sounded to me. But this one sounded more. I don't know, professional somehow. I don't know. It added to the mystery of the movie. Before we get into the movie, and I know this movie is old and <clears throat> nobody's heard of it, we're going to give a, a quick spoiler warning because we're going to go through this one and it's really about the mystery in this one. Uh, so uh, just be warned that we're going to give all the answers tonight, uh, but we still think you should see the movie whether you know about it beforehand or not. But it is uh, it is uh, really good and that music that we had talked about really adds to the whole feeling of like detective work and investigation. And like, this is what, this is what we needed in cast a deadly spell that we didn't really get. Yeah. This one is all about the investigation. You know, uh, call of Cthulhu, the, the tabletop role-playing game is, is mostly about investigation. You don't want to actually get into combat in that game as you would in um, Dungeons and Dragons, for example, because you're, you're probably going to die. You know, you're uh, unlike uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, you're, almost like a superhero compared to just a regular person in um, Call of Cthulhu. And that's what this movie is. It's, it's all about the investigation. This is like a movie of like actors that have done everything. It's uh, John Terry, who plays uh, John Marsh, who's our private investigator, and Chris Sarandon from uh, you know Fright Night, which uh, I think we're probably going to watch for this Halloween. We've seen it both before, but we'll probably cover it this year. Such a good one. So good. He plays the uh, title character, Charles Dexter Ward, which is the name that uh, of the story, the H.P. Lovecraft story that this movie comes from. Right. That's called The, the Case of Charles Dexter Ward. I didn't get a chance to read this one. It's, uh, it's definitely one of his longer ones. Uh, it's more of like a novella, really, than a short story. And um, like I said before, I, I worked this weekend, so that wasn't going to happen. Chris Sarandon, uh, he's yeah, he was the, the lead uh, vampire in um, in uh, in Fright Night. He was awesome in that movie. Uh, that's the only thing I really know him from, <clears throat> and he is pretty awesome in this movie too. He does a really great job uh, 
playing the the you know the lead antagonist as it is as it turns out yeah and then the other there's more than the other than these two other characters i'm going to mention but these are really the only other two characters that matter i should say is that you've got uh jane sibbett who plays uh charles dexter ward's wife claire and uh you will know her from friends she plays uh, ross's ex-wife in that show and then you've got um uh john marsh's uh sidekick you know like his his right hand man named lonnie um and you would have seen him in fast times at ridgemont high as sort of like the wisecracking uh buddy yeah, um, which is kind of what he does in this one, too. He's kind of like his, his wisecracking sidekick. True. And those are really the only four characters. There's another woman that works with um, yeah. with John Marsh, but she's just sort of there as, like, comedy. She doesn't really do anything right. with anybody else. Uh, but the whole point of this movie, what is it? What is, uh, what's this one about? So John Marsh, who we talked about, uh, he is a, what, a private investigator, right? Yep. He's, he, mm-hmm. he's got his uh, own, it looks like a successful practice. It's... Looks very professional. It's not he's got like staff. He's got yeah. an office. I mean, nice he's, office. He's got like a real nice office. He's got a receptionist. Uh, you know, Lonnie is a, is his partner. It's, yeah. it's not like a, your stereotypical like private investigator that's got like this shitty corner office and like you know like a scummy part of town. Like this is like a professional operation. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> John John Marsh seems to have it together. Uh, so Claire. Uh, Claire Ward, uh, she hires uh, John Marsh to investigate the increasingly bizarre activities of her husband, Charles Dexter Ward. And, uh, and oh, an esteemed Rhode Island engineer uh, who's become kind of a recluse after uh, discovering a, a piece of his history, a piece of his family's history. Well, it's not even a recluse. He like straight up leaves his wife. And goes and lives in a house in the middle of nowhere with a Chinese man. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no right. Re- he's just like, he just is like, oh, I'm done with this shit. And I'm going to go live out in the forest. Yeah. After being a, a you know, a totally like a normal, you know, uh, successful engineer. Um, he finds this, uh, this painting of uh, one of his ancestors. Uh, this guy's name is Joseph um, Carwin. Right. Kurnow, right? Kurnow? Or is it Kurnow? Or is it Kurnow? Maybe I'm not saying that right. I think it was Kerwin or Kurnow, something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is a guy from uh, the late 18th century. And uh, when he finds this painting, it turns out this guy looks exactly like him. Uh, you know, minus uh, you know longer hair. Right. Or whatever. And, yeah, he becomes obsessed uh, with this. Uh, and then, yeah, before you know it, like Marcus said, he's living with, with a Chinese man by the name of Raymond Chang. Uh, Do they really even explain who this guy is at nope. any point? No, he's just in there. He speaks Chinese. Right. Uh, to Charles Dexter Ward. Right. And Charles Dexter Ward understands. Um, he just looks at the camera and, uh, makes some, uh, pretty angry faces. Yeah. When people come around to like check on them, you know, he's the one that answers the door and sends people away. And, um, you know, John Marsh and, uh, and, uh, Claire Ward, they do like see him, Charles Dexter Ward a few times. And each time he looks a little bit worse for wear, like he's paler and his voice is like changing a little bit. It seems weaker or different until, um, like, do they show up, do they show up with the police or they show up just by themselves? So 
I think uh, John Marsh finally convinces Claire that, look, okay, he needs to be committed. Right. And, oh, yeah. So they do. They show up with and the just, police. And... Which doesn't seem like that's the way things would happen in real life. But, yeah, just all of a sudden this uh, police squad shows up over at the uh, Charles Dexter Ward's, like, isolated uh, farmhouse. Which, by the way, uh, it's not completely isolated. It's got a couple of neighbors. And uh, one of those neighbors was found, what, basically minced? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's just right. Melted. I don't know, man. Gibbed to death. Like, there's, <laughs> he's everywhere. He's on the walls, on the ceilings. Uh, basically, what's left of him is some bones. Uh, the other thing that uh, John Marsh found out through his investigation, because like I said, there's a lot of investigation going on in this movie, is that uh, Charles Exeter Ward has had some uh, interesting deliveries made to his uh, to his farmhouse that he he uh, shares with um, uh, Mr. Chang. Yeah, a shit ton of meat, like more than anybody could handle by themselves, just the two people. Like more than what, like a restaurant eats yeah. in a day? Yeah. <laughs> That's what someone said. Because he goes to like uh, like a meatpacking place or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're delivering like a shit ton of meat. <laughs> and this is the last time that we hear from uh, Mr. Chang as well. He's, he's done in this movie after this point. Yeah, after the cops raid the place. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he's just sort of like his assistant, like based on like what's happening like later in the movie, he's just got to be right, like right. an assistant, like somebody they, that can run errands. And but his face is all fucked up. Though, yeah, so where's yeah, he going? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like he's been punched a bunch. Yeah. Uh, and I think they mentioned at some point that he's like a drug smuggler or some type of uh, he smuggles something illegal. Wait a minute. Later on in the movie, yeah, when there's a news report and they say that like they found somebody killed at a house and then they found somebody else dead. And he's like, he's been like slashed to death and like there's a bloody, you know, like sheet over him. And they said they thought he could be a drug dealer. Is that Chang? Maybe that's it. So maybe that's how they explain him. Away. I don't know. I need more. I need more yeah. on this. Ch- Chang was such a, a random part in this movie. which yeah. uh, It's not a random movie at all, but he was definitely kind of comes out of the blue and then just exits stage left and then he's gone. The other thing that's not explained, and I think... I think the movie's trying to imply. I'm, maybe I feel like there's some scenes that were cut out that the movie implies that John Marsh, the private investigator, and Claire Ward start to become romantically involved, but they don't really right. tell you that. There's one like scene where like she gets out of bed and puts her robe on, and he's like outside, and she goes out to see him, like they've been spending the night together, right. and right. then like later on, he like kisses her on the forehead. But otherwise, you're just left to like yeah, they, think they probably banged. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's. That's, I'm sure that's what happened. That's what that insinuated. Uh, it just, yeah, it definitely, it's not a movie that, uh, you know, makes that, you know, readily apparent. But um, I'm, I'm sure they were, like, romantically involved or whatever. So they're talking to Charles Dexter Ward in the mental institution. He's got, you know, he's all straight jacket up and, like, the doctor's talking to him. And, uh, you know, Claire and John Marsh are talking to another doctor. And they're saying, like, he's showing classic symptoms of, you know, you know schizophrenia and stuff like that but like he's saying like he's not eating dinner because like he doesn't want um you know you burn your flesh you know i need raw meat i need the blood your kitchen takes all the blood out of the meat yeah he's saying normal shit like that (laughs) (laughs) well the the doctor even says it's like oh everything can be explained except for this blood thing that's a little that's a little weird i don't know what that is right yeah he he wants you know he wants his steak real rare (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah he doesn't blue. want to, he, doesn't, he wants a blue yeah he doesn't want it cooked at all uh he wants uh all the all the blood and gristle you can you can get uh it's around this time that uh 
uh, Claire and uh, what's his name? John Marsh. John Marsh find uh, a diary, an old, old diary of uh, someone called Ezra Ward, which is uh, one of um, Charles's uh, ancestors. ancestors from, you know, from around that time, that, uh, you know, late 1800s. And she's married to this, 1700s, I should say. And she's married to this Kernow or Kerno or whatever character. Joseph Joseph Kerwin. I have I'm almost sure it's Kerwin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and yeah, then we get into kind of a longer extended flashback of what happened with um, Ezra Ward and Joseph Kerwin, uh, who is suspected of witchcraft, and it turns out uh, right, rightly so because <laughs> it's uh, it's not just witchcraft. Uh, it turns out uh, Joseph Kerwin. Uh, is um, well much like uh, the protagonist or antagonist anti yeah uh, what do you call them not the uh, pro- yeah what do you call yeah them? no you got it yeah that's the one yeah. uh, like Herbert West he is uh, obsessed with uh, resurrecting the dead and specifically and making himself immortal so he's basically a necromancer and uh, we get this uh, this scene where there's a flood. Yeah. Uh, and it washes out all the stuff out of um, like body Joseph, parts. Yeah, body parts. Joseph Kerwin's, uh, uh, you know, like basement or catacombs or whatever. And it's a fucking crazy special effects scene. This is where like oh, the villagers find this thing they floating pull it out of the river. Yep. And they turn it over. And it looks just like a like a discarded body part. They right. turn over and it's got like half of a face and like a really long backbone that's exposed. And it's like just screaming. It's got some hair. Looks really good. All the special effects are done by this guy named Todd Masters. He's done a bunch of stuff. He went on to do uh, Slither in 2006, which is a really good movie. It is. Um, but yeah, no, the special effects are great. We think it's mostly puppetry. Yeah. I puppetry think... and some like stop motion animation that looks really cool because they put like a lens filter on the camera. Right. There's there's definitely some stop motion later on. I think this part is, is primarily puppetry, but uh, man, it looks looks really real uh and gross <laughs> yeah it is it is really gross all the special effects yeah. from like these resurrected people that yeah. you see are really gross because they're like not fully formed it's like uh i don't know whether uh kerwin was you know like just doesn't know what he was doing yet or it's just not important enough to him to try to figure it out correctly he's just practicing shit but he's fucking these people up yeah yeah i, I, just, I don't think he gives a shit yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, so after the villagers find this thing, they're like, "Burn the witch!" <laughs> Only in this time, in this case, it's uh, it's you know, it's uh, it's Joseph Kerwin, and um, well, we don't really get a conclusion to what happened there. Like that that flashback kinds of kind yeah, of fades it comes out, back right? to the present day, right? And they're like, uh, you know, there's a scene with them in John Marsh's office where they're sort of discussing all their investigation points up to that. And they decide that they need to go investigate this house. Right. You know, where they took Charles Dexter Ward out of. Yep. And it's when it's in there that they find like a secret passage to like an underground catacombs. And this where this movie gets bonkers. Yeah. This is the last, what, like third of the movie. We're pretty much at the climax here. Um, And it's, yeah, it's John, uh, his uh, sidekick Lonnie, who's been kind of in and out of the movie. uh, And, uh, Thankfully, they go down there and they're prepared. They're like actually armed to the teeth. Like got Lonnie, Lonnie's explosives. got explosives. Yeah, they got like we didn't. Yeah, we don't even find out that until the end. Near, yeah, near the end. But yeah, they got a, a duffel bag of explosives. Like Lonnie's got like a shotgun. Uh, John's got a handgun. They got a snub nose thirty eight. Uh, and they go down there with uh, with Claire uh, to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah, they find this hatch that leads deeper and deeper under the house. They find this whole labyrinth of catacombs. 
apparently it doesn't smell very good because everyone's like covering their noses. Yeah. Um, and then they, uh, you know, they discover. They discover his like his lab. Right. That he's been working on. Very Herbert Westish lab. Very much so. Uh, John Marsh seems to be a little too into this stuff at this point. Yeah. Like he finds like, cause he's been reading all the documents and he figures out that like the way he's resurrecting things is he's pouring, you know, like this substance on it, much like the <laughs> reanimator juice. And especially um, in bride, that's what all they were doing. They were just pouring, they're just pouring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so they find this vial of this liquid and Marsh pours it on a heart that's like sitting on the table. And it's got it's a cool another stop motion scene where like things grow out of it. And then it stops. It's like a little creature. It actually reminded me of Alien a bit. Yeah, it's it, it's cool. It's like it's covered in look what appears to be mercury. Uh, yeah, it looks really really wild. And then uh, and then yeah, John keeps a little bit of this liquid for himself uh, right. to be used later. <laughs> right. And then his flashlight goes out, and they're um, uh, they you know investigate further into the catacombs, and they find this one big room. And like out of fucking nowhere uh, comes this like grotesque humanoid monster. It looks like that thing from the flashback, but it's got arms and legs. Oh, yeah. yeah this is yeah. the creepiest scene in the whole fucking movie. For sure. Because by this time, like Marcus said, they lost the flashlight, but they still have like one, you know, lantern left over. And uh, they find, uh, first they find this little well. Where there's a a few other like you know fleshy animated things down there that are trying to like crawl up the sides, but they just can't do it. And they think like, oh well, that's all there is to that. But uh, nope, there's this uh, fully formed humanoid, you know, sans skin. Uh, but anyway, this thing looks fucking nuts. Like it looks insane. This looks like it looks very. I can't stop bringing up the thing, but it looks like the stuff from the thing got this deformed mouth with like teeth all over the place where there shouldn't yeah. be teeth um it looks amazing it looks really it cool. is very thingish it yeah is, I, it, I remember saying that in my head when we were watching it and then you know kind of reminded me of dan o'bannon's his one other movie remember the uh um the oil zombie that they yeah. find in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of looks like that a little bit uh and they kind of use a combination of practical effects it's, it's a probably a guy in a suit it looks like and then they do some stop motion animation stuff but uh, yeah, they're uh, this thing isn't it knock the lantern out of their hands? Is that what yeah. happens? So all of a sudden it goes pitch black. It's super, you know. And they're using matches yeah, to illuminate. So like it's pitch black, and then it's on, and then something right. else is happening. It's pitch black, and then it's on, and then something else is happening. Yeah, it's super stressful. And uh, Lonnie gets it. He gets uh, tossed into the well, and um, the things down there drag him to some. Yeah, they didn't try too hard to save Lonnie. Yeah. Like John Marsh, like immediately he's like, I can't do anything for that guy. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Lonnie gets pulled for some unimaginable death. And then uh, uh, Claire gets hurt. I forget how. Uh, I don't remember either. So he's like, so John is dragging Claire out of the catacombs. Throwing explosives down all the way. Throwing C4 like it's uh, fucking 4th of July candy. And uh, he gets in his car and presses the button and the whole thing goes up in flames. (sighs) Yeah, but we still got like 15 minutes of the right. movie. So he takes Claire to the hospital, drops her off there. She's got a concussion. Maybe we don't see her again for the rest of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. And yeah. This is this is uh, this is maybe we should say like okay, so this yeah, is we're going to talk about the uh, the ending of this the, is like a major spoiler. Yeah. So uh, point and overturn for right. you guys right now. Um, John Marsh, after he drops her off, goes back to his uh, office and 
like he's looking at some stuff and he figures something out and he goes to talk to Charles Dexter Ward, who they've got in that typical paddock, typical, you know, padded cell. And very unsafely, he is left alone with this patient. He's like, oh, just hit the button if you need help. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go fuck off in this other room for a little while. You'll be fine. Dude, as soon as the orderly left uh, John in that padded room and he was like, all right, if there's any problems, just hit the button because I'm not going to be able to hear you if you scream. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this is this is not going to go well for John. Uh, and granted, uh, Charles is in a straitjacket at this point. So right. like, OK, I mean, he's probably safe. But uh, no. So <laughs> John, John starts talking to him and, you know, talking about him, what happened, about what was in the, you know, what was in the house and stuff like that. And then he goes, uh, then he looks at him, he says something, and he basically what he finds out is that that is not Charles Dexter Ward in front of him. It's uh, it's Joseph Kerwin. It was Joseph who, Kerwin who uh, Charles Dexter made Ward. made himself immortal. Yeah. He su- yeah. successfully completed his, his work there. Right. Charles, uh, like, resurrected him, and then uh, Kerwin killed him. Right. He killed him and stuffed him into a, well, stripped him of his flesh, first of all, and put all his bones into a suitcase, which uh, John yeah. John brought with him. Right. Uh, <laughs> throws it out <laughs> on the floor. Dumps it out on the floor like, this is the real Charles Dexter Award. And it's kind of like a revelation thing. And the other funny... Kerwin's Cur- like, ah, you figured it out. <laughs> He's got this the, accent. The other funny thing about that scene is that like, um, uh, like Kerwin's like, oh, I'll just go back to... You know, my house and finish my work and he's like and then john marsh is like i blowed it up i blew it up it's gone man <laughs> yeah but he's like real smug about it yeah like, he's got a smile on his face he's like he's like really rubbing it in like yeah. oh i blew up your lab you want to go back to your lab well it's a crater in the ground you're yeah, gonna have to if you want to get back there you're gonna need a shovel yeah you can need a sh- yeah he's just like he's really just twisting that knife and um yeah, that's when... Um, well, this is the part I didn't get to because he has a little... Kerwin has like a flashback where he's talking about like... And he makes a a body double of himself, I guess. I didn't understand this part because they showed a flashback of him growing a body and it's him. It's like the same person. I thought it was... The, wasn't this the part where he uh, basically kills... Charles Dexter Ward. Is that it? I think it was it was a little confusing to me. I think that's what it was. That's when he like uh, you know he, he strips the flesh from his bones, like he tears him a thunder or something, okay. or asunder, not a thunder. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's what you were looking at. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and earlier in the story, John finds this uh, well, I like got an instruction manual on how to resurrect dead people, basically. And I don't, I did not understand this at all. But there's a drawing there where like if I guess if. Uh, I don't know what, like two, something happens, like a, if the two entities bodies, could like merge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If two of the same entities like get close to each other, they'll merge. Yeah, yeah like it's, you said. again, this is all this stuff is a little confusing. It, it's, I guess, it's a problem with the movie, but you're not, you're not gonna mind it. It's not much. a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's just like okay, it's. I mean, you're dealing with like Lovecraft and cosmic horror most of the time. This is probably pretty easy to forgive. Um, but uh, yeah, it comes back right here in the end uh, because uh, after. You know, John tells uh, Joseph Kerwin that his lab's been blown up. Uh, Joseph Kerwin stops fucking around and he just like straight up just rips that straight jacket off, off like yeah. it's no big deal. And we're like, oh shit, press that button now. <laughs> well, he did press the button. The orderly came in and got fucking and murdered. Just, <laughs> thrown through the fluorescent light into the wall. And then, as like uh, 
because uh, Kerwin has thrown Marsh to the ground and he's, you know, like he's doing his villain speech type stuff. And he like just walks over that old and just pops his head right off, pulls it out. Blood's everywhere. Just pops it off like he's a dandelion. Uh, and that's when, he, oh, what, what happens? Oh, Marsh throws the vial that he's keep, well, keeps kept. That's right. Well, Kerwin's got him pinned against the wall. Right. He's about to kill him. He like ripped like, oh, he takes a bite out of his shoulder. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take a little nibble before Oh, yeah, I I'm hungry. You. I need food. Yeah, because, you know, he likes his meat. So he takes a little nibble out of John. And then that's when John pulls out the uh, the little, you know, his own reanimator juice and throws it at the bones of the real Charles Dexter Ward, who uh, the bones all of a sudden just spring up. It's cool, too. It's it more is, stop motion. It's, it's great. Cool looking. Yeah. Uh, you got to, so all of a sudden you have a, you know, an animated skeleton walking around. Uh, and he like grabs. Well, they start merging like that picture. Merging, yeah, it you... reminded me of um, Nightmare on Elm Street three, that that really scene that makes you feel awful with like that guy being like puppeteered by his tendons oh, in his yeah, arms. Oh, yeah, that's like the worst. Because like kill. The, the bones the start to kill. like shoot like tendrils yep. into his arms, and it's peeling away his skin. Right, right. Yeah, it's that's hard to watch. Yeah, that's super hard to watch. And yeah, that's kind of what this looks like. All of a sudden, the skeleton and um, what we who we now know is uh, Joseph Kerwin. They start to merge and like basically Kerwin's skin and like Marcus said, like tendons and muscles start to like peel off his body and merge into this uh, skeleton. And then uh, it turns into 2001 A Space Odyssey. Right. Basically, <laughs> it's a cosmic explosion. And then, yeah, uh, it's the both, best way it can be explained. Right. And then uh, all that's left of both uh, is just a pile of ash in the, in the middle of the room. And then uh, John Marsh just sort of like slinks his way out, like talks to an orderly and yep. orderly says, oh, how's he doing? He's like, oh, he's resting peacefully. <laughs> and then he walks away. And then that, no, on that scene literally is a freeze frame. And then it's credits. That's right. Yeah. He covers <laughs> up his, uh, his messed up shoulder with uh, with his coat. Yeah. So he covers up that bite mark. And um, yeah, and that's, that's the end. Give me your final thoughts on the resurrected. I dug it. I, I liked it. It's solid. Uh, it's uh, it's nothing to like you know go nuts over, but um, it's uh, it's a really good H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptation that leans, like I said, leans heavily towards the investigation side. Uh, so don't expect a lot of action, uh, but it's it's a it's a cool detective story with a a very cool supernatural twist and some really good acting, I thought, uh, and some crazy special effects. So, uh, yeah, I recommend it uh, for the patient horror movie watcher out there. Absolutely check it out. Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. It gave us that. I think this is the really other than In the Mouth of Madness. This was the only movie in our series that really spent a lot of time on, like, the mystery and the unraveling of the mystery. For sure. I guess you could say that about Colorado Space did that as well, too. Um, Yeah, this was more like... In amount of madness, though, for right. sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Like there was some, there was definitely some sanity checks happening. So definitely. I would definitely recommend watching this. Lovecraftian summer. We did it. Eleven movies, and, uh, or well, one short movie episode, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of a quiz tonight, we're gonna do our traditional wrap up here, and we're gonna do our final rankings for our Lovecraftian summer series. And we're gonna start at the bottom, as always, with number eleven, our least favorite, and we're gonna move all the way to the top. And 
Luke, I got to tell you, for the most part, um, other than the Alien series, uh, I've sort of been able to predict what our rankings were going to look like, like yours and I's, right. yours and mine. And uh, man, I got no idea. I have no idea what yours are going to look like tonight. The only thing I can predict right now is that I think our last place and our first place are going to be the same. I think so, too. Uh, the stuff in between, you're right. I'm not sure how that's going to go. So, so everybody on the count of three, say number 11. One, two, three. <laughs> Cast, Cast a, a deadly, deadly fucking spell. spell. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was awful. Yeah, Fuck that movie. The, the less said about that, the better. Uh, let's just, yeah, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> I think our next one's going to be the same, too. Number 10 for me is Dreams in the Witch House. It's, yep. Same. <laughs> it's like it's not bad. It's not good. I entertain. Right. It was entertaining for an hour, but it's it's not like. Right. I think the fact that it was only an hour is a huge uh, plus. If it was favorite. longer, I think it would have been. Uh, would have checked unbearable. out. Yeah, would have been real bad. Um, yeah, it's again. This is uh, from what I remember uh, a problem with that Masters of Horror series. It's just uh, I don't know, man. They're just not that great. They're they're you know weirdly paced, and the budget is is. You can tell it's pretty non-existent, and uh, even though they get these, you know, masters of horror, uh, they can't manage to get a memorable uh, episode out of any of these guys, except for possibly uh, Mike and in, in, uh, Imprint, which you can't even like find anywhere now. Before I say my number nine, I will preface that with the fact that I say that I make my rankings based on how much I enjoyed myself sure. watching these movies, yep. and so it's very possible, like it is for number nine, that like a well-made movie. It's going to be low in my ranks just because I didn't really understand. I didn't really enjoy myself. Sure. And that's true for my number nine, which is The Endless. Okay. Well, so far, we're fucking exactly the same, man. It was just too boring. It was too confusing. Nothing, not enough happened. And then the payoff was not worth it. Agreed. Uh, For all those reasons, it's really slow. Uh, It's it's really weird without, I don't know, enough of a payoff. I mean, I don't need stuff explained to me all the time. I'm I'm fine with ambiguity uh, in my movies and you know, stories, books, whatever. But, uh, man, this was like, this was, this felt like a three hour movie and, um, it wasn't that long. No, it wasn't. It was like an hour, just under an hour and a half. It yeah. It really wasn't that something long. like that. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't, didn't dig it. And it, it's a well-regarded movie. You just, we just, oh, whatever, man, it didn't click for us. It's all good. My number eight is Dagan. Fuck man. It's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're hitting it all. Yeah, we're hitting it all, man. Dagan. I, I, you know what? I will say that I enjoyed that one much more than I thought I would. Yep, yep. I like Dagan. Um, it's got it's got some some budget issues. I think more than anything, I think yeah. it's, it's it's budget related. I think that was still you're still getting like good Stuart Gordon, even though that was late in his career. Uh, I think just uh, the resources weren't there for him to make it what it could have been. Because you get mm-hmm. that movie another couple of uh, million dollars and. That could have been a fucking amazing adaptation of um, Shadow Over Innsmouth, Innsmouth. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, as it stands, uh, it's got a real rough beginning. Real rough beginning, I, in my opinion. And then um, it, it gets better. That's the cool thing about that movie is it gets better as it goes along. And, yeah. uh, man, it's got some insane gore. And it does. The whole thing takes place in a thunderstorm, which uh, I, I always love when shit takes place in a thunderstorm. So, I don't know, man. It was good. I, I liked it. I can see us being different for the next few. Yeah. I think uh, this is where we deviate. My next one is uh, Bride of Reanimator. Okay. Yep. This is our first different one. Mine is Underwater. Yeah, Bride of Reanimator, it was fun. Mm-hmm. But if I was thinking about it from like somebody that wasn't a huge fan of the series or really liked the original one, it's pretty fucking goofy. It's pretty stupid, but um, 
Jeffrey Combs is still amazing to watch in it. So I enjoyed myself, but it's not a good movie. Right, right. Yeah, if you haven't seen – if this is a movie that does not stand on its own. Even it's nonsensical and it's a goddamn mess. Uh, I still loved it. But did, uh, my uh, my number – Did we flip-flop? Is it we, is it Brad Reanimator? My uh, – well, after Dagon – the next one up for me is Underwater. And then after that. After is that it? is Red Yeah, right. my next one is Underwater. We flipped off. We tend to do this with <laughs> yep. our rankings here. Yep. I don't know. That movie, again, there's not much story to it, but it looks really good. It's great. And it's exciting throughout. And just like fucking seeing Cthulhu at the end. Yes. It, it bumped it ahead for me. That's an easy recommendation to... Um... I mean, I don't want to sound like a fucking like horror snob, but like to like your um, non-hardcore horror fan, like yeah, fucking underwater would be an easy recommendation because it's a, a newer, faster-paced movie. It doesn't really require you to you know be a fan of a, an author or know like mythos. Like even if you don't know who the fuck Cthulhu is, you're still gonna have a good time right. watching that because the model the model looks cool. Yeah, it looks too. great. So my next one is the one we watched tonight, Resurrected, which is number five on my, on my list. Same. <laughs> absolutely the same it yep. was real close with my number four which is yep. from beyond yeah the same uh, it was real close we, we didn't write this together no we did not <laughs> i wrote this one uh yesterday and luke wrote this one I, before we started recording i did this tonight. right before we started recording yeah. I, I had no idea um i you know from beyond it's still like the jeffrey combs to a degree but fucking barbara crampton in that movie like yeah, because as we mentioned before, like she's not in Reanimator a whole lot, but like this is almost her movie, right? And she's from, from really beyond. good in yeah. it, and uh, yeah. So from Beyond made that number was it four spot? I yeah, I believe that's right. And then uh, for me, uh, right, yeah, right below that it was Resurrected, the one we watched tonight for uh, the reason I, I mentioned earlier. It's a it's a you know it's a really good uh, slower paced uh, you know investigation heavy lovecraft horror movie and um it uh there's nothing about it that kind of s- screams like see me now except for um some amazing special effects here and there but it's man it's solid it's uh it's definitely on the top of the list top half of the list for me my next one number three is in the mouth of madness for me it's colorado space and we're gonna flip-flop <laughs> my number two is colorado space uh, my number next one is in the mouth of madness. My number two is in the mouth of madness. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is a good movie. It's a good John Carpenter movie. It's a sort of return to form for him. Yeah, Sam Neill's great in it. But uh, Color Out of Space, man, it's like just thinking about it now. Like I could sit down and watch that now yeah, again, great. and I just saw it. I could watch them both now. Honestly, I'll be I'll be honest. I I, I really like both of those movies. Um, and uh, yeah, in the mouth of madness, man. Uh, it's funny because I, I this, this is another one of those movies that we watched when we were um, much, much, much younger. Mm. And when we watched it for this series, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna like not like this as much. And it's kind of we're gonna gonna freaking love yeah, it. Yeah, gonna ruin it. Yeah, but no, it was great. It was fucking great. It was maybe probably even better this time around. Uh, and uh, yeah, I loved it. Sam Neill, the mystery, the special effects, the 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 goofiness, intentional or not in that movie it makes it better yeah i love it i love it it's uh it's like that's a warm hug of a movie for me man that's great you know in fact there's a version of my rankings my draft rankings that had color out of space first that's how much i enjoyed it this time around it's very fucking good the top three movies in this list i think are like they're right next to each other there's not a lot of space in between 
It's the only one left over is Reanimator, which we both so have of course, number one. We figured it's a it's a freaking classic. But again, I told you, I almost put Colorado Space ahead of it. Today. I wouldn't have fought you on it, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I it's like I said, there, these last three movies are they're all very very close to each other uh, in quality. Uh, as a horror fan, as a Lovecraft fan, owe it to yourself. At least the top, I don't know where we where, what do we got here? Top five or six of these you should uh, absolutely check out. The others seek out for hardcore fans only absolutely that's it that's lovecraftian summer i enjoyed myself we did it i um i'm also looking forward to moving on getting yeah. to some other things yeah yeah that's uh 11 movies worth of lovecraft was enough i think we're, yeah. we're, we're good we're solid on lovecraft for a while <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll we obviously there's we haven't covered it all there's quite a few left over mm-hmm. well not that many well i mean we even I mean, it's it's everywhere. We talked about it in our right. first podcast of the series, where his influences are everywhere. Right, and as as the summer the Lovecraftian summer wore on, I kept finding more and more. I'm like, oh shit, mm-hmm. there's this one and this one. There's a Vincent Price one that actually that I just found out today that they made uh, also based on the uh, the case of Charles Dexter Ward. I forget what it's called, but it's uh, it's also well regarded. It's got like six point seven. The funny thing about this story that of the resurrected that we watched tonight is you can really easily see that be even like a like a stage play almost. oh yeah oh yeah it's only a couple of locations yeah and uh yeah it, that would it would work it would totally work uh so yeah i don't know uh we'll probably revisit some lovecraft sometime down the line oh, i'm sure we will um, it'll be almost impossible not to right maybe maybe we'll do like a mini lovecraft thing next year or something but uh yeah, yeah man for now I, i'm really i don't know i thought i'm glad we did this it was fun great way to finish it off being able Definitely. to watch this together like actually together right. in the same room <laughs> uh that's amazing because that definitely doesn't happen often so um yeah man this is this is fun this is a good one so uh, take care of a little bit of business here uh we're gonna be off for the next two weeks um we're gonna re-release a couple old episodes i don't know what those are gonna be yet um but yeah the next two weeks we're gonna be off and then we're gonna come back after that and the biggest change we're gonna make is we're gonna go down to uh gonna be one podcast a week going forward yeah that's right you know we've been doing this uh for almost exactly a year coming mm-hmm. up what, like September beginning of September. Yeah. And we've been uh, banging out two of these a week, uh, almost on the regular, uh, I mean, primarily on the regular. And, um, that's mostly because we've been having so much fun yeah, doing them. It's not like, and we're not, not having fun doing right. them, but, uh, you know what? There's other, there's some other stuff we want to do, uh, <laughs> besides, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, watching, uh, horror movies and writing about them and, and then, you know, doing a podcast about them. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to go down to one uh, one a week with uh, some exceptions. Yeah, we're going to bring back, like, the double episodes for Halloween. Right. Because, like, you know, when it gets to be Halloween, that's all I want to do that's, is watch yeah, horror that's, movies. That's so, a special month for us. And then, um, and then we think we might, just because we had such a blast with it last time, we might bring back the double episodes for our uh, cinematic animals attack because, uh, you know, special announcement, that's coming back next January, January 2023. Yeah, a little spo- when cinematic animals attack too. That's right. that's right. A little spoiler warning for uh, uh, for next year. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring back the cinematic animals, uh, which we're super excited about. So I think we might go to doubles for that one too. Absolutely, I'd be down. Um, but for otherwise, that. Uh, one episode a week. We're gonna release them on Mondays, uh, mm-hmm. so you have the whole week to listen to them. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Uh, are we gonna talk about what uh, the next thing is? I'm going to throw a wrench into our plans. 
Okay. Fucking wrench. I know fucking wrench. At the end. Fucking wrench at the end. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just How gonna dare you. throw this out there to you. Uh-huh. All right. That we could do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like we wanted to. Okay. Also do our fucking international edition. Oh yeah. Okay. It, I'm, dude, I'm down for either, man. I'm just really trying to am. think about something that's a little different and would give us some variety leading up to Halloween. Sure, sure, you sure. Are we going to be able to track these things down easily, though, is the only thing. There's, there's so much shit that we could pick. Okay. We're going to find ones Okay. that we can, like, there's so many you international f- horror movies. Should we fucking flip a coin? Fucking, <laughs> I mean, we can. Should we, should we do it? No, I got coins. I got oh, actual, like, okay. coins. Get a coin. Make it loud in here, man. Hold on a second. <laughs> Luke is getting a coin out of his piggy bank, which is an actual piggy bank. So when we come back from our break, uh, we are undecided on what we're going to do. Our two choices, you can hear Luke fucking messing around with his shitty Green Bay Packers piggy bank awesome over there. Green Bay Packers piggy bank. And uh, we're going to flip a coin, and uh, if, it's, uh, if it's heads... We're going to do a international horror movie edition. And if it's Tales, we're going to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. And uh, but we flip a coin and then you can uh, you can tell them in the outro. Okay, I'm going to flip it. And then uh, you're not, not going to hear it because it's going to be, I'm going to get carpet in here. Uh, so I'm going to flip it and uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, tell you, we'll tell you after the jump here. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays, which is going to be just Mondays now. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what happened with that coin flip. Well, uh, after our break, uh, when we come back in a, a few weeks, the coin landed on heads so we're going to be doing some international edition movies uh some horror movies from across the pond and all over the world so you know check back on instagram uh we're going to put a list together soon enough and you know we'll figure it out we'll keep you guys updated uh, we're looking forward to it it was going to be funny either way but uh yeah this is going to be great uh that's pretty much all i got later gators what's the street value of wizards Wizard bones? <laughs> hey, you got a wizard femur? I got a wizard humorous. Fuck. It's gotta be a femur. Great teeth. That's what they what all weird, say. What a weird fucking thing to say. He's got real great teeth. It's the first thing I noticed was his teeth. Look at those chompers. Strong man's teeth. I'd like to uh, caress his teeth. Where is he? Can I see your teeth? Can I touch your teeth? Can I make up my mind to do something? Oh, look at this fucking asshole. When Lonnie decides to quit smoking, he quits smoking. Quit smoking. Will you stop (laughs) just starting conversations with that? I mean, that's usually how shirts work. You take one off, you put another one on. Right, you don't just keep putting shirts on. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's okay. You're insane. You'd look huge. <laughs> you gotta keep buying bigger, and bigger sizes. Dude, I'll be like a ten X <laughs> by the time you're twelve. This is like my fucking thirty fourth layer, man. I'm really hot.
the ones you put on when you were like two or starting to choke your neck? They've already like fucking rotted away. 